You know, Father, uh, Father Kelly did his uh, theology in, uh, in Rome, and uh, I did a degree, the, didn't do a doctorate as he did, the f degree before that, the license. I did a degree in Rome too, but you would never know it. And, uh, but there, when you did the orals, you had written exams, oral exams, you had to pick a third of one, a third of the other, the third was your choice. And the oral would uh, have an outline of the course divided into 20 different parts. The professor would point to just one thing out of the 200 from that course. And this would be your only exam that semester. I'd like to say that again. It's a, your only exam that semester, and it would be like 10 minutes, and then they bring in the next person. And so it was no small thing. Therefore, it was useful to have rules of thumb that got passed down from generation. One of them was a threefold, threefold. Never deny, rarely affirm, always distinguish. Now that goes for more than exams, but even more so for life. And I think we all soon learn that many people can have done foolish things because they didn't think about things, distinguish things, case things correctly. The beginning of wisdom is to call things by their right name and demonstrably many of us are un unwise and all of us at one time or another. And that experience is often the name in gaining wisdom we give to our mistakes or the mistakes of others that wise us up and give us wisdom that way, but it comes in a backward manner. And so I often point out to people that they should distinguish between lighthouses and beacons. Lighthouses seem like a delightful thing. They're there standing stark and clear against the sky, the light coming at night. But they're very different from beacons because lighthouses are on the rocks. And lighthouses, you should not look upon them as a travel brochure. You should not, if you have a ship, say, oh, let's swap our ship on the rocks. That'll be a great idea. People have done that, but it's not a good idea. Fog helps it. If you want to do it in the fog, you'll eventually get something. But beacons are at the entry to a harbor, very frequently. And the harbor is safe water, harbor, home at last. There's a beacon here and a beacon here. And if you can pilot in between the two, you're safe, you're fine, you're in like Flynn. And God bless that. People in our lives act like that. I often ask people at the university, students in the college, elsewhere, who are your heroes? Many, many, many people will tell me they have no heroes. They have no heroes. Tomorrow's the anniversary of a St. Leonie Aviad in Troyes, to the right of Paris, the, matter, the middle of the Champagne District, just to keep your attention. And she saw, and others did too, that the people newly come with the Industrial Revolution in the, in the 1840s did not, the young girls, the lads, had no one looking out for them. And she worked to pay attention, to care for them, to look after them, to help them. And that made all the difference in the world for them in their lives. Some people think because of a person's income or status or the way of work, they shouldn't be bothered with. In no way could we call that the Christian message. And so the Christian message helps us learn to see, helps us learn to figure out what we should do. Many are people who have great gifts, great funds, whatever, and they go through life without ever having discovered what their life was for. Like the fellow in the uh, great Sistine Chapel, not the ceiling, but up front, with his head in his hands, one eye covered, the other eye in horror, at having missed what his life was for. And so it's important to distinguish things, and that's what John does. John says, you're saying, I'm the Messiah, I'm not. There's someone greater than I. 
Many people will take any leader they can find. Some people are particularly drawn to bad ones from across a crowded room. But he says, no, not me. Great guy, John. Here he is in our window here, the first window. But uh, greatest prophet. But no, there's someone greater, and Christ is the Messiah, and he points him out. Now, the evangelists, as it went on, were puzzled why Christ was baptized. But often, Christ, who is God-man, the God subsumes the human. And I think we have to remember that he was leaving a path for us to walk in, and that matter of being cleansed, baptism, and so on, had its place, and so in a way he walked it for us to follow. And then that baptism, remembering that in the Jordan, an historic fact which everyone has to account for, that some of the evangelists would be happy they didn't have to, then that baptism becomes the plan for our own entry into the Christian faith, our own entry into the Paschal Mystery of all the mainline Christian faiths. It's the hallmark of being one of the Christian denominations, having baptism as a sacrament of initiation to others. Beyond that, it's true, but having baptism for our entry. We never rebaptize. The Greek Orthodox baptize you, or the Lutherans did, or the Episcopalians. We don't baptize. It's the one same sacrament. So on this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, we get a chance to think about our own baptism. Over there by the crib, you see the baptismal font, the wood baptismal font. And every, every uh, seems like every week we're baptizing little babies there. It's the most touching thing. And people are renewing their own baptismal promises, the adults. And so that should get us to think, to conclude two things. First of all, the importance of having kids baptized and then catechizing them in the years after, which is no small thing. No small thing. Passing on the faith, passing it on well, not and so on. But then there's also the matter of ourselves living what was promised for us, living the fullness of the Christian faith so that we can pass it on, we understand it more fully. That's the work of adults. It isn't good enough to live off fumes from CCD, is it? You meet people, they're very able in their own subject, they're very able in this, they're very able in that, but their religion, which was great when they were kids, is still for kids. There are whole new sets of questions and things to learn. There's a uh, page there about our icon of John Henry Newman, two-sided, closely typed, talking about all he accomplished and the books he wrote and the issues he fielded and the things he dealt with. And just about each, every single one of them is a matter that only a, an adult would face. So we baptize our children. We see that in the Acts of the Apostles. You don't see an instance in the Acts of the Apostles where they leave the children out on I-95 while they themselves get baptized. The whole family comes into the church. But then the matter of our, us ourselves leaning into our baptismal promises and coming into the fullness of the faith by the practice of our lives, by learning day by day with experience new and fresh what the world really is about, what life is about, who we really are and what we're to become as we read scripture, as we learn from the example of the saints, as we understand theology and on and on. And so that's what we give thanks to today, to God for the great gift of his son and for the great gift of our having. The grace of God has appeared saving all, training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness 
to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do good. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.